Welcome back to NGF News, guys. Uh, we got a great episode today for latest global developments. Um, oh, yeah. Before we get to that, uh, make sure to follow us on our social medias at NGF underscore news on Instagram and then NGF.news on Twitter and TikTok. So we got some great things going on. Yeah, today. so we got three topics that we want to talk about today. Um, we have Russia suspending the START Treaty. Um, the China peace talks for the Russia-Ukraine war, and a little bit about the Chinese sanctions on Lockheed Martin. Um, I just have we just have a few words on that, and then we also got Brazil and Argentina's new common currency gold that was hot for like a little bit, and then it just died off. But yeah. um, we thought it was interesting to bring up into this conversation. So, without further ado, let's get started on Russia suspending the START treaty. So, um, Russia suspended the START treaty on February twenty-first. It is not a full uh, suspension, more like a withdrawn, but it's it's just pretty much a temporary withdrawal. Um, his reasoning, um, Putin's reasoning be be behind suspending the START Treaty is that if the U.S. tests nukes, then Russia will do the same. Uh, with the suspension of the treaty, however, it would be hard for the U.N. to verify compliance um, of the START Treaty if Russia, were to if Russia suspends well, they did suspend um this treaty yeah um Putin has said a lot of things about this treaty so far and why he's suspending it one of the things he says in this regard i'm forced to announce today that russia is suspending its participation in the strategic offensive arms treaty which he told lawmakers about three days before the year anniversary which was on friday i believe something like that friday or saturday the 24th whenever the 24th was and then, of course, he says another thing, of course, that we will not be the first to do this, meaning dropping a nuclear bomb, but if the United States tests, then we will. He also goes on to say that no one must be under any dangerous solutions that global strategic parity can be destroyed. I don't know what he means by that, to be completely honest, considering he's got the dangerous solution of destroying global right. um, strategic parity, but this is a... I don't even know what like this is because it's it's it's, it's interesting because literally the day after he suspends it, he goes Russia will still comply with the cap on nuclear weapons. But well, why? Why? I I don't know what what he's trying to do with this. Of course, this is just another fear tool, and he just wants the West out of Ukraine, and it's just like back off. But we all know that the West won't back off no matter what Russia does. Yeah. Um, he they could he could suspend as many treaties as he want. Well, we will not pull out. And yeah, for me, I just think this is just another one of those fear factor things. Yeah, he's instigating the West for sure right now because he's coming up in a strategic time where he's getting, um, excuse my French, his ass kicked. So um, he, he he's getting destroyed strategically by Ukraine. And, and part of the reason is because the West is sending him, um, Ukrainians, um, incredibly awesome weapons, tanks that are higher grade than Russia's uh, bombs and uh, anti-tank weapons. Everything is just better than what Russia has. And their generals in Russia are just not good enough to win the war. And so he's trying to do this to force the United States to just say, leave, like back off. And we'll, right. we'll consider re-signing the treaty. But a suspension is not a withdrawal. Yeah. So it's a quote unquote withdrawal. Like yeah. he's just, yeah. But, um, What's interesting is that, well, it's not really that interesting. I mean, the U United States said basically Russia will not comply um, under um, inspection of, of activities, but... Yeah, but the um, IAEA? 
No, this is... Yeah, uh, IEA stuff as well as the, some negotiation between the U.S. and Russia to be able to inspect um, one another's um, nuclear facilities and nuclear arms. But um, let's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of for me personally. When he said that he will no longer, um, he will not, he will comply with the cap on nuclear weapons. Like for me, I think that's kind of suspicious on why he, he brings up bring this up, yeah. this point. Like. Well, it's funny because he says here, Putin, um, Russia's nuclear energy company, Rosatom, must also ensure the country's readiness to test nuclear weapons. Um, that's funny because why would you need to do that if you're trying to, if you want the United States to instigate the war? Yeah. I don't know. But Putin's trying at this point, I think he's desperate to come up with any kind of strategic maneuver to get the West back down. I don't think the United States will back down, but you know who might? The EU. And that's, that's scary to think about. I don't know what what's going through the heads of Germany when this happens. I don't know what went through the heads of Boris Johnson. Oh, actually, I do. Not Boris Johnson, um, the UK Prime Minister. But I do know what Boris Johnson said. Boris Johnson basically told the UK government saying that we should not tolerate any act of nuclear testing. And I don't know how the UK government... Responded. responded to it yeah but i don't remember either but um if we're gonna look at the implications of of what is going to happen we really don't know because it's, it's kind of like we have the second iron curtain right now yeah. where we just don't know what's going on on the other side we have no communication russia doesn't want anything to do with us so i don't think this will be another um I, before I did believe that this was going to start another Cold War, I was so adamant on it. <laughs> I, I started a whole debate um, in class about this, but now that I, the more you read about it, the more it's just like whatever. Like this is not going to cause another arms race. I I strongly believe that this won't really do anything because Putin will not. As long as he is irrational, right? But he's rational enough to know that he can't have another arms race. No, he, he can't do that. It's not. It, it's not in. Russia to do that right now. They don't have the money, um, the resources, but also just okay. Yeah, they have more nuclear bombs, but our warheads are far more accurate. Our systems and our submarines are far more accurate. Um, our jets can actually get across the world. There's right. chance we can fly our jets. They can't fly their jets. They've been crashing them all over Ukraine. So I just think it's a. Uh, it's a waste of time for him to say this, and I think he he's just running out of ideas. There's yeah. nothing more he can do because right. Ukraine is winning the war in, ret in many retrospects. So, I mean, we'll see what happens next. His next step, if I if I were in his position and trying to put pressure, the next step would be to withdraw, and that that's that's where it's like, okay, now you're stepping a boundary. How do the how does the EU how does the West respond? How does China respond? That's a big one. Correct. And then another fear that some people might have is that Russia might be developing weapons on the low, like more nuclear weapons without like trying to keep them hidden, trying to keep their facilities hidden. I mean, let's be real here. I'm sure every country has some sort of like secret weapons program. Oh, yeah. So if you believe that the Russia with the suspension that Russia will start creating more nuclear weapons on the low, who knows what the U.S. might have on the low? Who knows what other nuclear powers have on the low? that IEA officials from the UN don't get to inspect or whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, this is, it, it's interesting to say the least, but 
this kind of goes into what like the about the Chinese peace talks. This yeah, with the Russia suspension of the uh, START treaty and then China coming in immediately a few days almost after, right? A few days for the for the peace talks. Yeah, so this is on, I think on the anniversary. Uh, yep, it's Friday the twenty fourth. It's on the anniversary. Right. Um, so, I mean, if you don't have anything else to say for the START Treaty, we could go into what's going on with the China peace talks. Yeah. There isn't much at the moment, uh, headline-wise, about the START Treaty. It was kind of pretty hot for the first two, three days, and then it just kind of died down. But yeah. implications-wise, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't worry about it. It's just another tactic. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see anything. He's just releasing war tactics after tactics, just trying to get everyone off his, uh, off his back, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't see anything that could really be dangerous to the West or to the people of Ukraine or, right. or the world in general. But next one, China, China, who has been a not a, okay, not a, a rival of the West politically, economically. You know, we're all integrated. We can't unintegrate, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, right. But China has been, you know, abstaining anything that goes into the UN about the war. They try to remain neutral. But now they have a 12-point peace plan for Ukraine, um, Beijing. I don't know if they, these are demands. This is what the news articles say. Is this Beijing's I think they're demands, just out there. But they're I don't just, think yeah. they're actually like demands of like, we need to do this. I think it's just out there and he wants to, uh, Xi Jinping wants to create some dialogue. Do you have that list of uh, I do. 12 points? Yeah. So uh, Do you want to go into it real quick? Yeah, the list... I'm just going to go over all of them because they're so incredibly broad and they don't really have um, solutions that tackle it. It's just kind of things that they should do. The first one is to respect the sovereignty of all countries. I think that's pretty... You just open the first page of the UN Charter. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's basically kind of just like it. Just a UN Charter thing at that point. Yeah, sovereignty always should be respect, uh, respected, which is why I believe you know Russia's war is... A breach on sovereignty. Abandoning the Cold War mentality. This one probably pissed Putin off a lot. Um, because obviously China wants to abandon this because economically it, it doesn't yeah, sense. yeah, it doesn't make sense. It gives them they want the advantage of being free markets and all that stuff in within Europe, who is one of their biggest creators. We can even apply that before you go on to that. We can yeah. apply that really to US politicians too. There's a bunch of old older US politicians uh, that are still stuck in the Cold War mentality. That is affecting not only us, right, and our ability to push on, right, yep. to continue and find unique solutions to end this war. So deterrence is the biggest thing that uh, Biden has been putting on, and with deterrence, it is denouncing the war, it's sending weapons, it's using NATO and the EU to put sanctions. It's all old school techniques. That okay, yes, they work in the long run. Right. It's it's a long man's game. But it seems like Putin has been able to weave through those sanctions of one. Because back in Crimea, he was able to weave through all those tactics. Yeah. No, for no, sure. So he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to weave through those tactics when Crimea. But now he's figured out a way to try to, to counter all this deterrence. And he's resorting to measures like suspending the START Treaty. Yeah, well, and also when you have allies as large, I wouldn't say allies, economic allies as large as India and China on your side, you can get around oil embargoes. And also the fact that the, the EU relies so much on Russian oil, like, what can, what, what can they do? They can't right. do anything. Correct. They're all still, they're lucky in Europe that this winter was warm. 
If it was they cold, were able. They were able to. EU was able to pull through and get yeah. as much oil and gas they needed for that winter. So if it was cold, the EU, they'd be, be done. They'd be over with. Their their people would be frozen, starved. If it was a colder winter, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. But yeah, the Cold War mentality. I mean, that's what Putin wants. That that uh, Soviet Union. You know, he wants Georgia. He wants uh, Belarus. He wants Ukraine. All the way to Poland. I yep. mean, he wants it all. Um, and I think what uh, Xi Jinping really wants in Beijing is to just say, like, no, we have to. We can't go back to that. It didn't work. We're moving forward. Yeah. And so the next one, again, just so general, ceasing hostilities. I mean, like, that's everyone wants that to happen. <laughs> so I don't. I'm. Maybe we can skip over that one. Yeah. Um, the next one is resuming peace talks. Another one that's incredibly. Fair. General, but Fair, like, but general. That's what they should do, you know? Yeah. Peace talks were going good in the summer, and then it just... In Turkey, yeah, and then they just died all night off. Uh, resolving the humanitarian crisis, uh, you know, yeah. in general. General, I do agree with. Yeah, we gotta but, do it. I mean, it's a right, thing. These is, are just in general things, I don't miss. Uh, uh, say, I would also, just for the viewers, the, I think the humanitarian crisis also comes into how Ukraine treated the Russian-speaking people. So yeah. I think that's a uh, it goes hand in hand. hand, in hand I guess that's a fifth one for Russia taking over Ukraine or trying to take over Ukraine. The next one is protecting civilians and POWs. Uh, obvious. Yeah. How long have we been saying that for? Um, the other the other one is an interesting one is keeping nuclear power plants safe. I think that's a very important point that Beijing is making because there were a lot of times where Russia got really really close to hitting nuclear power plants and the disasters could have been. Bigger than Chernobyl mm-hmm. ever could imagine. You know, I, I think that's incredibly smart. But the next one is reducing strategic risks. Oh, I, I, I just don't know what you're trying to say by that. Yeah, that like, one doesn't make sense. I don't even know what they're saying. Because we can reduce strategic risks a lot of ways. Yeah. South China Sea. Like, um, in a situation, I mean, that's kind of like what, what we're trying to do is reduce strategic risks. Yeah. Like Russia, I mean, Ukraine. So that, that just seems counterintuitive of China. We need to reduce risk, strategic risk here, but in the South China Sea, we won't do it. Yeah. But that's a whole nother talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This one's an interesting one. is facilitating grain exports. Because obviously what did we do? Well, we, we told them, you know, okay, we're not going to take your grain. Chinese economy is just like all money. They so. need it. They need yeah. it. They, uh, they, they need their grain. How are they going to, you know, get their rice or get their wheat to their bread the same with the eu how come they get their bread from their yep. wheat whatever in the united states grain is big that's part of the reason why we have such rising costs of every fuel food product out here right? yeah it's so. it's seven percent of uh the gdp of russia great great it's interesting it's huge um which i think would be beneficial to the eu so again uh, um again it's just old things because the next one is stopping unilateral sanctions it's the cold war mentality Sanction, 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 sanction. I get it. We want to bleed Russia dry. Right. But what's the difference between then and now is Russia has allies. How can we bleed them dry economically? Uh, the next one is keeping industrial supply chains stable. That's, that's, we've done that. Have we? I mean, they're yeah, better than they were pre A few years. COVID. Yeah. Or, or during COVID and pre-war, but like. Still needs work. It needs work. It still needs work. But in the in the EU majority, oh, yeah. major, majorly majority, I don't know the words. <laughs> whatever, whatever, close enough. Uh, and then the last one is promoting post conflict reconstruction. Um, 
It makes sense. I mean, but I think they react it, it to does. those things. It makes sense. And I'm pretty impressed that the Chinese put that in there. Yeah. Um, that they believe in uh in the rebuild. What was it again? Promoting post conflict uh reconstruction. So Interesting. rebuild in the country. And hmm. so I mean, look, these 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 plans are incredibly broad. And I think they're you they're think good it's intentional that they left them broad. Yeah, yeah, they're intention. an ally. I think it. I you. I th- you see it as an ally. I think it as a way to have Russia and Ukraine engage in these conversations and create yeah. definition of what is considered as reconstruction, what is considered as helping out with green exports. So I don't know. It could either be to try to protect Russia and not try to make them too too specific, but could also be maybe they genuinely want to see the end of the war and they don't want to pick sides true it could just be an they, open dialogue thing too or i i i think it's an open dialogue yeah i think they want to leave it broad for them to define yeah well also just not missing enough which yeah. is funny because then they have the, the abandoning the cold war mentality <laughs> which is exactly what he's doing right. it's exactly what he wants to do um one thing that i think is interesting on here is that in addition to they say here, in addition to the twelve point plan, they have the nuclear weapons must not be used, but they don't have that in the twelve point plan, especially coming after when they withdraw from the strategy. Yeah. Again, it's probably just one of those things where they had to keep something included and something not included. Yeah. So they they kept the they included the idea of post war reconstruction, uh, to to help Ukraine out, but also not talk about nuclear stuff, nuclear weapons and to protect Russia. So, you know what this is? This is a triangular diplomacy all over again. Back in the Cold War. Remember triangular, the, the use of triangular diplomacy? US, China, US, yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. Again, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and, and I'm thinking about it. Well, I mean, I think it's one thing for China is that it's smart. Well, look, there's two things Beijing and, and Xi Jinping, they're getting squeezed at home. Not just outside of their home, which that's what it was before. But now with the COVID zero policy and the people coming back and being like, "Hey, like we right, we had enough, this. had enough," the Chinese people are getting upset. And I think this could also be something that kind of saying like, "Hey, like we're we're trying to fix what's out here. It'll help what's in here, right? You know, the COVID zero policy. It'll help that. It'll help us get you guys, the people, back on track economically and get yeah, what you need and." We all be happy. Um, you know what's interesting is that NATO was not so appreciative of the plan because China has not openly condemned the war. So NATO basically not, said, "You are not in position to make the deal here." Yeah, they, they actually said that. Uh, not in position to make this deal. It doesn't surprise me because NATO and I'm sure the e, the EU said something along the same lines, and so did the United States. That it's like, we don't, you're not condemning the war. Because what you're, what's your the first point is the sovereignty of all countries must be respected, and then you're sitting there and not condemning the war, which is a clear um, infraction of sovereignty. Um, I think it's it'll be interesting. The, the really interesting thing is um, I don't know if he already went Zelensky or if he's going to be going soon. Beijing. Zelensky to Beijing. Yeah, I don't think that's happened yet. Yeah, I think that. Has not happened yet. Ukraine has requested a meeting with Xi Jinping to go over um, what the Chinese think about the war and how they want the war to end. But I don't think that meeting has happened. Yeah. Give me one second. Well, I'll do a little bit of research. Real quick. They, yeah, they I don't think that's happened. To charge the affairs, uh, the charge D affairs at the Ukrainian embassy in Beijing, uh, Zhana Lex, I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher this, Lex Naska, 
called the paper a good sign, but questioned China's neutrality. Um, there's further, she further goes on to say, if it is neutrality, then China should talk to both sides. That's an interesting point because he brings up his 12 points. He hasn't talked to, talked to Russia yet. China? Yeah, they China talked to Russia. No, they have. Not, not on this point, though. I mean, like, it's out there. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they haven't, like, all gone up to them and been like, hey, These you points. should do this. But they, they're obviously clearly talking to the Ukraine, Ukrainian embassy about this. Right. Um, yeah, no. You, Ukraine has requested a meeting. And they want a meeting, but it hasn't happened yet. So that's where we're at, going back to the meeting stuff. But you, China went to Russia. I would be very upset at Zelensky, especially after Biden, whom Jeff went to Ukraine on Friday, Thursday. Something what like day that. was that? Yeah, Friday or Thursday. Secret mission. Secret mission. No, no, no. Sorry, it was last Tuesday. Yeah. Last Tuesday. We will wake up. In the morning, and all of a sudden, I opened my nose, and Biden's in Ukraine. Like, that okay, expensive. that's crazy. Very impressive. Um, and our move for the United States, you know, whatever you think about Biden out there, people, it was a very important moment in the war and in his presidency. Um, but I would be very upset if Zelensky didn't invite the U.S. to the table to go to Beijing. Yeah, they should. Excellent point. They should. They should. Yeah. We should have yep yeah, one of the West was the one of Western delegates have another one from you know the Eastern countries and then have an EU representative have an EU representative and then I feel like if we have an EU rep and a US rep that would kind of shift we need perfect balance okay then we'll send someone from India like yeah that's somebody true. like India yeah. and China are getting much better like, Turkey would Not be a perfect staging Turkey partner. yeah exactly Turkey would be I feel like if you go to China it wouldn't be such a good state and Brazil country. come in you know have some oh, of the like Nigeria some some you bricks for you bricks yeah have them in Turkey yeah that'd be sick it would be influential and show Russia that like well they're they're just out they're, they're gonna be counted out because I mean let's get real here. I, I know people would if we actually did go to war. Let's let's say nuke struck Ukraine. That's war. We have to go. Like that's yeah. that's that's got to happen because we can't have another one be dropped. Who do you think China's going to side with? The rational West with all the money, or Russia, who's just isolated? Well, um, I don't know. I, I want to say that Beijing. We don't know. There. We don't have enough information. We don't know. Yeah, I I think they'll just stay out. I want to, yeah, I want to. I personally think they're going to stay out because they're not going to risk going to war with the side of Russia, knowing that the U.S. and West, Western countries have a more strategic advantage military-wise against yeah. the Russians. It will cost them a lot. The Chinese think about economy. That's the number one thing. Economy, yeah. economy, economy. What their position would be, who would they support? Maybe they're maybe neutral. Actually, maybe they would be. It's neutral. a good point that you brought up that they're like they might abstain because what happened in the Cold War is that if you remember when we, I don't know if you read, no, no, I did Angola. That's right. When we did our oh, yeah. our, our projects in Africa, oh yeah, how they were so busy, the U.S. and Russia about just like picking the communists, picking the the dem democracies, yeah, and pitting them against each other. That China was just like, okay, you know, Whatever. I want your oil, I want your minerals, and these guys are like. Signing away, they're like, okay, yes, sir. We're signing our lives away to China. That's you know, maybe they'll do that again. Maybe. I don't know, but history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. Yeah, that's true. I don't know because I feel like strategically, advantage wise, they would side with the West. They could side with the if West. If they're thinking strategically, they would sign with the West. 
and maybe send weapons instead of people. I think so. But even then, for the Chinese to side with the U.S. have made growing tensions, especially because of what's going on in the South China Sea. Who knows? Yeah. I think they're just, if God forbid a war does happen, I feel like they're just going to sit this one out and do exactly what you said back in the Cold War. Yeah. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, like, it's just so smart. That's why China is where it is today. They they just ignored it. They they said, you know, we don't care about your silly war. They did it first, but then they kept losing. So they were like, all right, smart, smart people. And then one final question that I've been reading through this stuff. And it's like some of these different articles portray China in a different way. My question that I thought to myself is, is this just a Chinese public image? Or is it actually them wanting to end the war? It's an interesting question. Because I've just been looking through and I'm like, okay, economically, yes, they want to end the war, this and that. But public image-wise, they don't have a hot image. Not right now. No. Yeah, not not right now. They they seem like they side with the Russians, but maybe they, maybe they want to be neutral and they seem like they have sided with the Russians and they wanted a better public image. Or they just want to end the war because... The economy is hurting, inflation is too high, energy crisis, global supply chain issues. I don't know. Personally, I believe that they actually want to end the war for economic reasons. But some might think this is just a public image and that China won't be the one to broker the deal. Yeah, I mean, China, they're like, like, it's, like you said, their image is not very good. And I think this is important. This is a big step for, for Beijing and Xi Jinping to, I mean, this, this is a 12 step plan. In Putin's eyes, this doesn't look good. He he's he's sitting there thinking China's not on my side right now. Right. Because why why would they but come out with a plan? I don't know. I don't know what he's actually what thinking. On those, in, in those talks between yeah. Russia and China. Yeah, yeah, we have no idea. But that's that's what I'm going to assume because he's just crazy. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I think they see like, okay, we like we need to fix our economy. Okay. We're in shambles right now. We need to fix this. And then the second part is, um. You know, if we can come out of this war with a good image, you know, we'll trade with us. We brokered the deal. We did this. The West wasn't able to. Yeah. Trying to get full partners. Yeah. But just the only thing is there's there could be a lot of backlash from Russia, and it could push Putin to that edge where he's like, all right, push this button. You know, let's call the big war. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This is all speculation. Yeah. Don't take this. We're just... We're just giving implications out there and answers to some of y'all's question based on the research we find. Because yeah. we do spend a lot of time looking into these different articles, what different people have to say. And then we try to come up with, okay, what is the consensus here? So yeah. we also do have our you know political stuff as well, but we try to abstain from that. And then for sure, yep. like I'll say like me personally or stuff like that, but that's just because of what I found. Yeah. Yeah. It be, no one really knows. We're, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Tomorrow he might press the button. Tomorrow the war would end. No one really knows. But based on this research and based on what we found, we believe that this might be the outcome. Yeah. So this isn't the way we try to think. For sure. Yeah. Just to try to find like strategic and, and analyze what's going on in the world to forecast what could happen. Um, if you're ever thinking about going into national security or international affairs or political science, that's you know what they do. These are these are the questions they ask themselves. Yeah. So where where did it go from here? Because there's, there's there's a lot of questions, so you're probably sitting there like, well, dang, how do you answer all of them? But Too like, many. you know, you just have to go through them um, and you know figure out what's the best option based on the research, based on the information at hand. 
Uh, do you want to talk about the the China sanctions on Lockheed Martin? Well, yeah, this one was an interesting one. Yeah, just... uh, before the the peace talks happened, and this was before start, right? Yeah, on February sixteenth, so a couple of days, about three days before the start treaty was in, uh, they announced suspension to the start treaty. China announced these new sanctions against Lockheed Martin and Raytheon Technologies for their military sales to Taiwan, mostly just things that are being sold are helicopters and upgraded radar systems. So. It is not the first time that they've done this before. They did this to both companies three previous times since 2016, and all times they failed to uh, detail the measures on how they were going to enforce sanctions, which I find interesting. Like, what do they mean? Yeah, I, I think this is just another just trade war thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great point, though. Yeah. Um, I don't have much else to talk about this. This, to me, is just another trade war thing, you know. Yeah. Geopolitics. Definitely agree. It's just so. another region where things could go wrong. Um, and I think I think it's less likely than to go like south than in what's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, I highly doubt the Chinese uh, are going to do that because they don't have. I mean, that do they have the courage? Maybe, maybe not to do something in Taiwan. So strategical, but though. They are strategic, but I they have the economy to worry after. Yeah, and I just I don't think that. The Chinese will go as extreme as the Russians will. No, definitely not. It, it it would be stupid on their part. Like I said, they are strategic. Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think we can just take a little bit of a U-turn here. Yeah. So you know, no more. Uh, we're gonna stop with the uh Russia, Ukraine, and uh, China peace talks now, and bring up to light to something that really isn't talked about much, which is the Brazil and Argentina new common currency goal. This one is. You you like this one? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I like this so much. I think because personally, as an American, I think we need to start thinking about common currencies with other countries because obviously, like the British still has the British pound, but they, they use the euro. And so does you know France sells francs, but they they use the euro as well. So I think this would be important to uh, discuss and understanding what could come out of this for Latin America specifically. So what the common currency is, is they're calling it the SIR. It's not, this is not official. This is just what's been come out from their, yeah, proposals. It's called the SIR, which means the South in, um, I don't know, I think Portuguese. I'm not too sure which one it is. Portuguese or Argentinian, Spanish. But they're discussing this common currency because they want to use this for both financial and commercial uh, flows, reducing costs, operations, and our external vulnerability. It's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So yeah, um, again, they're aiming for greater economic integration. And this is more, I'm quoting the president of Brazil here, the Silva. He says he aims to create a political integration with this new currency. So when I read this, right, similar currency, political integration, kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. Next to you in Latin America, after political issues and internal um, issues are resolved. Because I, when I read that for the first time, I'm thinking maybe, maybe Brazil's president here is looking to the Silva is looking to make the next EU in Latin America. That's what I thought That's reading that. Exactly what I was thinking because if you don't know the history of Latin America, especially Brazil and Argentina, they hate each other. Yeah, a lot. They haven't really fought many wars, but they hate each other. And so, one of the things that they talked about. For the leaders was because they already have a trade block between Paraguay and Uruguay, Argentina and Brazil. But one of the things there they talked about was not just having the common currency between Brazil and Argentina, but then further extending it 
to the rest of Latin America. And that yep, sounds like the EU. That does sound like the EU. And I think that's what um, Brazil and Argentina are also aiming for as well, is to once the politics are fixed, once everything going on inside their country, crime, all that stuff yeah. is fixed, I believe that this is going to go in that right direction. But at the moment, I don't think it's going to work. Because the inflation in Latin America is insane. Uh, in 2022, inflation in Argentina was almost 100%. Wow. Yes. Um, I see that. So, wow. While Brazil is under control at 5.8%. So they don't have the ability to create a single monetary policy just yet. They have to kind of be in line with one another. So, and I got this from the CSIS for anyone. Else. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> interesting. And... I, I, I'm going to agree because I don't think that they're there yet. I think... The idea is great. They're not there yet. I do agree with But that. I believe that this is where the United States should come in and say, hey, you guys have a great idea. Let's Maybe. kind of help you out along with this process. Extend it to the rest of, over time, you know, 20, 30 years. Extend it to the rest of them. And then they'll come back to the United States and be like, hey, look at the EU. We're in Latin America. Canada and Mexico. Let's make a deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... This is a good one. Because the, the power, the power that South America can have as a exporting nation with their own currency, or exporting nations with as a, with an, uh, a common currency, that could be... be massive. Awesome. For be them. Fantastic. Turn that entire region upside down into such a great, open, safe economically powerful something to help us rival china um, if china keeps going up and, and if the chinese are getting their hands in latin america too they could also influence the how this new sir currency works out yeah what um what currency this could be pegged to maybe they want it pegged to the huan maybe they want it pegged to the uh dollar so yeah that also comes into play as well and i strongly believe too that the united states should um get their hands involved in this as well so. yeah for sure. Um, it, it would be very important for the U.S. to kind of... Cool, it'd be sir, really cool. Yeah. Sir, with, on top of like right next to the euro, the dollar, yeah. the... Maybe something in the future, the USMCA. Chinese yuan, yen. Euro, yen. Oh, one yen. Oh, dollar. Uh, what's the other one? Euro. Uh, the pound. The oh, the pound, yeah. Yep, the British pound. Which, yeah. if, I'm not going to lie to you. If the sir, the sir comes in in the next 20 years... The pounds might just get the boot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, that could maybe. they could get the boot from maybe. the Indian currency. What's what's that one? No idea. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I no forget, idea. But that would, could be in the future. That would be cool. Uh, but yeah, I think that's an interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, definitely. If they can fix, if they have some sort of like economic or monet, one union of monetary policy and keep inflation around the same level across the country, they can make one currency. They can do it. it but there's just too much of disparity among economic policies so yeah definitely brazil and china's next move is definitely to have um the similar economic policies not at the moment because argentina they need a stronger economic policy because their inflation is higher in the oh, region yeah, it's pretty bad so once they reach a point where it's just like in a three per five three to five percent level and it's kind of the same yeah. for the next few years then they can implement no, sir. Yeah. It'd be a smooth transition, but yeah, I think Argentina's too focused on uh, their World Cup winnings. <laughs> they're still on the high. They're still on. A I don't high know if they're going to discuss it, but yeah, I mean that's all we got for today. That's all I have too for yeah. that one as well. Uh, this one's a good one to keep an eye on. So, um, 
yeah we'll try to we'll, we'll try to go back to the new common currency if anything happens yeah if any currencies on but yeah thank you guys for listening to this one this was this packed one because a lot of things happened last week and we were just like we got to cover so many things that yeah, can, try to keep it short as well yeah it's, keep it's it short. hard it's hard but yeah just to we'll give you guys concise it. news but yeah thanks for listening guys make sure to follow us on all of our social medias and tune in for this week's topic of the week thank you see you guys then